dear listener. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York who can't do improv in New York at the moment because at the time of this recording, we're still under quarantine. But we can bring this to you thanks to the lady in charge of the beeps and poops and buttons and Spooky Doings uh, recording studio. She's actually drunk with power because she controls everything and her name is Chelsea Bennington. I, c- I could even mute you if I wanted to. <laughs> oh my gosh. With power. Like with I said, power. And there's another voice you heard there. She's Spooky Doings performer, final girl performer. What Lon Chaney did for makeup, she does with her mouth. She's the woman of a thousand voices. <laughs> Katie Wiggins. Hello! I'm so happy well, to be back. Welcome back, Katie. How you been? Thank you so much. Uh, it's been really, really tough, um, but also really great. I've learned a lot in this <laughs> short period of time. I really have. I've learned a lot just like straight up in terms of like a syllabus of like education and also like about life and things like that. So, you know, there's growth happening in all directions. All right, but you're healthy and the people you care about are healthy. They are. That's the important bit. Um, Wanted to do this topic in the room, but life got in the way. But today we're going to talk about Dracula's. Uh, Back around Christmas, Netflix put up the BBC version of Dracula by Stephen Moffat. And I loved it. And it got me thinking of great Dracula's through the ages. Mm. And... uh, Dracula usually has great accents, so I'm like, I want Katie involved with this. <laughs> I want to make it fun. Katie's just so, going to be Dracula for this. Any for Dracula she wants. Oh, there are so many. There's so much There's so much to choose from. So many Draculas. Most of them are sexy. Oh, and, my God. For me, I feel like that I'll lose interest in a Dracula if they're not sexy. Yeah, isn't sure. that the whole allure of it is he's sexy. He better be. Yeah. So do you have a a structure for this or can I talk a little bit about some of the Draculas that I encountered recently? I was going to start with Bela Lugosi, but we keep it loose and conversational. Okay, so... If you want to take the helm, pretend like you're on uh, the ship Demeter and you're tying yourself to the wheel to get through the storm and get to London. But uh, spoiler alert, it ain't going to work out for you, baby. (laughs) So... Bella goes the all the the much older ones they are very hot I think I think they're very sexy and I think they like understand that it needs to be sexy Mm -hmm. and then it was a long time before I had seen a a Dracula story and I had watched um I had watched Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder Mm -hmm. when I was like 13 years old I had like rented it on iTunes alone in my bedroom on my little laptop. One was of like, the sexiest Draculas in my well, opinion. I will, really? Because I watched it and I was like so ready. I was like, this is going to be so hot. This is going to be as hot as the Christina Ricci Casper. And, <laughs> and I was like, and then you know, Gary Oldman came out and I've like historically found him very hot. But then I was like, oh, he's so old and scary. And then I was like, he'll get hotter, he'll get hotter. It's okay, right? And then when he was like young and really hot, yeah. he still had like a really far back hairline, it was which like significantly no- far back. It was really bad. Right. And nothing of ab- nothing against like a balding king like they can be very hot but he also had extremely long hair in the back which was like very beautifully waved like a mermaid um and then also like purple glasses like Meryl Streep and I'm like uh see in Bram Stoker's Dracula (laughs) I was too distracted by Richard E. Grant, Carrie Elwes, and Billy Campbell to give any shits about Gary Oldman in that movie. <laughs> you made he your choice just, of where the sexiness lied? He was he was beat. He was beat. Even when yeah. it was writer. Like he was <laughs> oh, just, yeah. he was not in the top three or even top five of most attractive people in that movie to be quite honest, just because of how they had him looking. And nobody but, has any love for Tom Waits apparently. Oh God! In that movie, no, no, he's so horrible and yeah. flies around him. I haven't seen okay. that movie in literally like ten years. And when you just said Tom Waits, I was like, like I, yeah, I'm like, no, 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 no. He's can go. horrific in that movie. I need souls for the master. 
I really, I think, I'm not sure I've seen a Dracula adaptation that has been sexy enough. Okay. (laughs) I think, (laughs) I think the issue lies for me in the literal fundamentals of the story. So I think that that means that what I'm looking for is just not Dracula, but I have always just wanted it to be like, just way hornier than it ever somehow got to be. Although the ones, um, the the uh, one that I the the like first Dracula that they put out, it was like in the seventies. The one that you had me watch, Rick. The the Christopher Lee Hammer one. Yes, yes. yes. He's really really hot. Yeah. He he that was awesome. And then. There just wasn't enough of him in it. Yeah, the, we're, we're we're jumping around a bit, but yeah, the the Christopher Lee starting with I think it was. Uh, we're jumping around a little bit. You said Dracula. this place has no direction. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I think it was House of Dracula or something. The first I'm happy one. to follow. He's, he's uh, not in it. A timeline. It's okay. It's okay. We're all good. Uh, he's not in it as much as you want a Dracula to be in a Dracula movie, but when he is on screen, that eight foot tall son of a bitch just commands mm-hmm. uh, the screen so well. And it makes you forget, oh, there's maybe only like 15 minutes of Dracula in this? Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time running through the villages uh, on stagecoaches and, and, and you got <laughs> Peter Cushing there. There is always a strong stagecoach element to any Dracula adaptation <laughs> really ever. That's another thing that I thought that you It's a character. Did. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this is this is gothic horror with 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 capes and corsets and all of that fun stuff. And uh, th- so that's why I wanted you to watch those horror, those Hammer horror films, mm-hmm. not just for the early ones, but when he gets into the present. And by the present, I mean 1972. Mm-hmm. And he starts meeting former hippies and things <laughs> of that nature. And they're like weird, uh, jivey dance parties. I'm like, I really want to know uh, Katie's opinion about these films. Honestly, so I have a really low tolerance for gore because mm. I'm very, very sensitive to media and just the world in general. So I have to be really careful about the type of stuff I expose myself to. And I watched the first uh, Hammer movie, loved it. And I thought it was so awesome. And I thought Dracula was sufficiently hot. Um, I really, I just loved it. And it was also gross and weird Mm -hmm. and fun. And I loved the music and just everything was really fun and wonderful. And I was like, this is so great. And then I watched the new Netflix Dracula Mm -hmm. and it, it so got under my skin, which was a horrible way to put it because it was literally what I just said. That Mm. was what upset me so deeply that I was like, I literally cannot engage with another Dracula situation for like maybe six months. (laughs) What, 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 I remember you, you mentioned something about uh, how you couldn't finish that. What, what was your breaking point? Was it uh, coming from under the skin it oh, was his... Oh, with the flies, what was it? The fly <laughs> was horrible and transfixing. Mm-hmm. But it was as he was in the castle, you know, our young professor or whatever, in the mm-hmm. castle, uh, and then the other Dracula, or the real, the the only Dracula, is getting hotter and hotter, which I was like, yes, 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 here we go, here we go. This guy is exactly my type, we, yay! I'm sorry, I love that apparently my only critical analysis of this film is in relation to how hot Dracula is. You're not the only one that looks at <laughs> horror movies like this. <laughs> Chelsea will attest to it. There's like a movie, I'm like, all right, who gets naked in it? <laughs> um, but it was when he, his like, he notices that his like fingernails are coming off, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, uh, oh, I can't, like, I can't deal with fingernail yeah. stuff. Ew, uh, no. So you, di- you didn't even get to butts and when Dracula was like humping everybody? Oh. That's okay. Th- that That's hurts okay. me, but I just can't. You can't do it. Why because can't I can't put that in myself. the beginning? Exactly. Why fingernail exactly. stuff before that? Start with the humping montage and then work our way back 
if I'm still there so I can at least get the, you know. No, I can't, I can't deal with anything with fingernails. I remember I didn't, I wouldn't watch the ring just because they would show that scene of her losing her fingernail when she Mm -hmm. tried to climb out of the well. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was pretty young when that came out. And I just remember I watched it and that happened and no one warned me and it just they show it and it's disgusting and mm-hmm. like for years i wouldn't watch it i was like i can't watch the ring just because of the fingernail situation <laughs> yeah don't like it don't like it yeah it's the one part of silence of the lambs that really bothers oh, me God, to this day yeah. and that's just a prop like it's not <laughs> it's not even like attached to anybody yeah. like it's literally just on the she just notices the fingernails mm-hmm. on, on the inside but of we her know it has a history yeah that's why i mean we don't it's, wanna... <laughs> i mean what it's probably some sort of plastic alloy something <sighs> but still it's like no my little imagination just can't handle that shit I like, and I get real nervous. I like start bawling my hands up when I see stuff like that on screen. I'm like, oh, oh, no. they saved my little nails. You're not going anywhere, my precious baby. Yeah, no, in the same way, I get so like, if I jam my nail on something, I get really upset. So yeah. I'm like, is it going to come off? I, no, I can't. You're not going anywhere. I'm, I'm not. Ugh, no, that's a part of gore whenever it comes to fingernails. I am, mm. I am out like sauerkraut. It's yeah. <laughs> um how how very german (laughs) speaking of how very german i something that i did not anticipate and which i was like really loved was the the nun interviews in the newer dracula where she Mm -hmm. was like well you are clearly infected with something would you mind telling me if you had sexual relations with dracula and she was just like so matter of fact and so in her little all the fabric habit, yeah. closing her little face and i was just so fascinated with her scientific method yeah yeah not something you usually see out of a nun using science but there's the twist <sighs> chelsea did you get to watch it or no I, it? I have not watched it but now that you know about fingernail stuff you're out well i just need to know what scene and what episode so i believe I it's the first it. episode yeah, but they're very long episodes. Yeah, it's they're two hours each. It's like a three that's why each. I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, the length I'm like I'll I'll eventually watch it. And now I know I have no excuse, but I've been watching a lot of trashy reality TV show. I don't have time for quality. No, of course that makes complete yeah. sense. <laughs> my uh, brain only wants to handle mindless things. Absolutely, absolutely. You need to get through these trying times. I'm not going to criticize it. <laughs> I know you I uh, will ask questions because I might be. Yeah, I was like, I know you are internally. <laughs> it stays in here. It doesn't come out through the mouth. Is the OG, the original Dracula adaptation, Nosferatu? Nosferatu was the first uh, attempt to bring Dracula to the screen, but they fucked it up and they didn't get uh, proper permission from Stoker's widow. Uh-huh. Um, so they had to change it and call it Nosferatu. But I actually just recently watched that because I got nothing else to do. Um, but yeah, it was it was the first shot and they left him all old and decrepit. You know, the Max Shrek uh, visual, everybody still knows to this day, but you know, Lugosi doing him on stage is what kind of brought the sexiness into the Dracula and mm-hmm. then bringing it to the screen. And, you know, when you got a society that doesn't talk about sex, like, all right, but we can talk about, like, penetration and fluid transfer in mm-hmm. the theater. And then <laughs> bring it onto stage and do it. And that, I think, is still, you know, nearly a century later, what most people associate uh, with when they think of Dracula, which is pretty amazing it Um, is but another thing that i love at the same time that universal was making uh that version of dracula with lugosi they made the spanish version simultaneously at night uh and a guy named carlos villarios was playing dracula and the director would look at the dailies of the english version and think well we could do better than that and latin spite actually made a superior film (laughs) So if you ever got a chance to check out the Spanish version of Dracula, it's nearly shot for shot, line for line, but the performances are really like just one-upmanship, like, oh, you're making us film from like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. because 
and we'll make the better film. Fine. Fuck you then. So actually one of my favorite Draculas, and I've told you this before, Rick, and it's it's a very specific Dracula, is he shows up in one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And the Dracula they have there actually brings the sexy. So Kate or Katie, you would actually really like the Dracula on Buffy because he has the whole like um, he has one of the characters in the in the Scooby Gang be like his little Renfield basically, and he keeps attracting everybody and anybody. He's very pale. His jawline is insane, um, <laughs> and uh, long black hair. And uh, everyone's like, "When did we get a castle in Sunnydale, California?" <laughs> and it's just. <laughs> It's actually a great, great, like, throwaway, like, standalone episode of Buffy, and I think everybody was waiting for them to bring Dracula eventually in Buffy, and I feel like they did a, they did a good job bringing the sexy when it came to it. It helps that they were a teenage audience, but mm-hmm. I felt like they did it right. On a WB. Yeah, it was on the WB. It was before CW, so. Classic. You know, and I don't say this to be, like, to pretend to be like a film like and like the I like old things because I'm smarter than everyone but despite the non-sexiness of Nosferatu the insanely iconic images and just like sets and everything made me that's definitely one of my favorites because it just looks incredible we watched it once in one of my art classes in college and we're just like told to have it was one of the movies we watched where we just like had our sketchbooks out and it was just like watch this draw based on what you see here and there were just like so many unbelievable like not even including his makeup and his Mm -hmm. extremely long fingers that were just like flat against his legs which is just so awesome and bizarre yeah it's so good but it was also like the sets that they used and the, the cinematography was like gorgeous and and incredible so definitely one of my favorites and another thing that isn't almost like every Dracula ever is always like the I don't know Transylvanian Romanian like the bar filled with the locals that Mm -hmm. are like don't go there like in every single like how many times have they had to put out a casting call in the past hundred years for like Slavic local. This cross will protect you from vampire. <laughs> it also kind of reminded me from like uh, of like the nun energy, just of like Slavic sort of implacable, just like an area of the world that is pretty rarely explored or looked at when it mm. comes to like horror or just like literally anything like any movies mm-hmm. ever made uh so it feels like only like we've literally only touched in on like transylvania <laughs> because and romania for literally the nun and dracula which is odd because a lot of times like low budget movies will be produced in romania just because it's so fucking cheap i mean they don't <laughs> and they're like it's oregon Nobody will ask. It's like most of the times they go straight to video. It's like, okay, yeah, this is a John Cusack movie that came out last year, filmed in Romania. No one's ever heard it, but hey, right. John Cusack's not dead yet. <laughs> but one of my favorite Draculas, uh, and and it is quite sexy. Um, I don't know if I know. I know Chelsea loves it. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, Katie. Uh, was Wes Craven produced? Dracula 2000. Yeah, Have you so ever checked bad. that one out? There's a great <laughs> religious twist to it that I'm not going to tell you. It's but a ridiculous movie, but it's so good at the same time. It's just enjoyable. It's just, it's, it's, you have fun beginning to end. set in New Orleans uh, before, you know, my, my love uh, of, of the city was born. But now every time I go back, I walk by that store that used to be the Virgin Megastore. And I like, you know, like, you tap my my lady with my elbow and I'm like, right in there. 
seen a Dracula 2000. Gerard Butler plays Dracula. <gasps> uh, yes. Stop. Yes. <laughs> what year did it come out? Is it from 2000? 2000. Oh my God. So year like 2000, of, Gerard Butler. Yeah, there's a lot of like new metal in the soundtrack. So get, be ready for that. Wow. Okay. So got, um, Johnny metal Miller is in it. Lukewarm about. Uh, but Jerry that's Ryan. thrilling. Christopher Plummer, Johnny yes. Lee Miller. Vitamin C. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and you you were raised Catholic, right, Katie? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you'll really dig the twist. For someone who, who likes things uh, to be sacrilegious, when, it, when I was sitting in the theater watching it, and, mm-hmm. and that came up, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this would have pissed off every teacher I ever had. <laughs> Awesome. You've got free time if you want to check this movie out. It's fun, the connection between New Orleans and vampires. Because Interview with a Vampire also deeply dances with New Orleans and the the Deep South. And it seems like, I'm like, that's so interesting that New Orleans seems to be the city of vampires in the United States. Well, at least those are two things I can think that put it there. Even with True Blood, it's not necessarily in New Orleans, but it's in Louisiana. Yeah, it's in Louisiana. Huh. It it makes sense to me if you look at, you know, Dracula, and like I mentioned, the the ship Demeter, uh, you got a port city. So if back in the day you got coffins on your ship and it gets to a port in America, Mm -hmm. I, I would presume that the people of New Orleans, their blood is very delicious, very rich, <laughs> spicy, a thickness to it, a little bit of molasses. Beignets. Mm-hmm. whole lot of uh, uh, hurricane actually, alcohol I, beverage. It's, it's, it, it, Dracula's not in it, but the first time I went there, there was like this weird uh, like vampire shop that I haven't been able to find since then. So maybe Did you say Dracula was Ooh. not in it? I love that you're like, when I no. first went to New Orleans, Dracula wasn't there. Dracula <laughs> was not in this book that I found. Oh, I guy, thought you meant I didn't get to it yet. Sorry. I didn't get to, Dracula might have been in New Orleans. Um, but I found this, this, this book. The guy was, uh, the author was selling it. It's actually been published, so you can find it other places. It's, uh, it, it's, it's called The Fat White Vampire. And it's about this guy, in New, this vampire that's lived in New Orleans. And feeding on New Orleanians has made him quite large. <laughs> but eventually he, he comes to, so even when he becomes a bat, he can't fly. <laughs> oh, oh, but it's actually, it's actually quite touching the story and the sequel it sounds kind of endearing I feel vampire. like that would be interesting to read when you finish those other books that I've lent you yeah I'll lend you these two it's, it's, it's well I can't even bring them to you at the moment you've lent I, me two books I wouldn't expect you to but they're there we, we have them and in an emergency, I can drive to your place and just like throw, throw a book. <laughs> just chuck a book at my apartment building. I have a teensy bit of experience with like re- people that identify as real vampires, Tell but us. basically like energy vampires. There's this woman named Michelle Belanger, which is just like the coolest fucking name for That's a real a vampire. Name. Should we say yeah. allegedly in case she sues us? Um, no, she, she definitely self, it's not going to sue us for this. She, she's no. too cool. She's definitely self-identified. <laughs> this is not my label. This is hers. Uh, and she's a psychic. I've seen her on, she's dipped in and out of several different paranormal shows just to offer her help. And she doesn't like make it all about her. She doesn't, she's not like, it's me, Michelle Belanger, vampire no, of America. Just, you know, she doesn't do that. I thought this was just someone that you knew personally no i wish i knew her personally i truly do wish i knew her personally and um there's probably some people like her around brooklyn but um with my sunny disposition i tend to scare away many uh dark and bizarre people um so i just don't have the opportunity to connect uh however i've seen her on many television shows for many years so i feel like i know her um and 
I Googled her once and it was like, Michelle Belanger is a self-described energy vampire. And she elaborated on it. And she was basically like, if she wants to, she can just like drain a person's energy just like by being next to them. She can just like whoop, like take it and then just like leave you exhausted <laughs> just like by being around her. She seems like a good person and that she like wouldn't do that for fun, but like she has the ability to do that, which I thought was really cool. And she's still, she's, she seems pretty sexy and she also seems like she's like probably vaguely into the BDSM world based on some of her jewelry. Mm-hmm. So, do you I mean- feel like- I don't know if you know this, but does she feel almost like fulfilled after doing that? Like full? Like does it, does it, you know, curve? Yeah, I mean, she would use that energy for herself, you know, like it would be taking it from someone and bolstering herself. Like if she had to, if she had to, you know, if she wanted to or needed to. Yeah, pretty wild shit. I think that's cool. (laughs) I've seen. There was a really bad like made for TV movie of like 20 years ago that um, and it was based off of this this real story of um, like these teenagers that identified I think as vampires but I mean yes they like actual vampires and they killed mm-hmm. like the girl's parents do you know what story I'm talking about? I don't but unfortunately there are many stories are like many what like you're like talking that, about yeah. where people will be like where especially teens and young people will get really turned on by the idea of being vampires and then commit violent crime and then uh, you know find blood but michelle is not in any way oh nothing connected with actual blood no this this yeah she is definitely different from that and i i yeah it's interesting makes it sound like michelle is uh similar to colin peterson on what we do in the shadows the TV show, just a, mm-hmm. a person who's an energy vampire. Yeah. Which, uh, which, but she sounds yeah. more delightful because if she just wants to take my energy just by like standing by me, that's fine. But Colin, <laughs> what we do in the shadows, wants to talk to you for 30 minutes. I never <laughs> want to talk to someone for 30 minutes. I mean, <laughs> Based on Kitty's description of her, she's the kind of woman I'd have tried to pitch the woo at in 1996. And she would have drained all of your energy and then some. Yeah, Did she you? would have definitely been in a vampire store in New Orleans that could never be found a second time. <laughs> If if she was wearing black fishnet, I would have gladly let her. <laughs> oh yeah, she's uh she she's definitely she's definitely goth. She's definitely in that world. The nineties were a weird time, but hmm, they were memories. Even weirder now. <laughs> I knew to commemorate them by wearing dark lipstick. Now. <laughs> I also feel the need, if we're going to even dip into Interview with a Vampire, I also saw that movie when I was about 14 or 15, and it was not, it did not inspire any awakenings in me as it did many, many others. (laughs) It did. (laughs) I I watched that around when I was about probably yeah middle school so like 13 14 and that was probably other than fight club like (laughs) introduction to brad pitt was interview with a vampire and i definitely preferred that brad pitt over (laughs) brad pitt see my first exposure to brad pitt was seven years in tibet oh (laughs) christ when I was like 11 and was just watching <laughs> all of my parents' DVDs and Seven Years in Tibet was one of them. And he was just a, a sweet blonde German who was like, look how well I can ice skate. I will seduce her. And then the, he, didn't, he didn't seduce her because he was too arrogant and he learned his lesson in Tibet. Um, but then it took him seven years apparently. Yeah, like it was a long time. If I could rewind um, a bit and jump off the topic of vampires for a second, uh, Katie, why was Casper with Christina Ricci um, higher than uh, the Bram Stoker Dracula? So this will not come as a shock to many, many people. Um, when you're really young, and, and Casper, that movie with Christina Ricci, so she is like the young goth 
you know, moon faced mm-hmm. uh, protagonist who New moves all in, in town. Exactly. She's like kind of goth and kind of weird and people don't know what to make of her. And she moves in to this gigantic, insanely gorgeous house. I'm obsessed with this movie, so I'm just gonna, I'm already agreeing and I know where this is going, so (laughs) go ahead. And number one, Christina Ricci's dad, he's a widower, of course, and he's, he's very hot. Number one, her dad is very hot. Yes. Then there's like three obnoxious ghosts and then they basically, you know, uh, distract the dad and make him drunk and fuck up. But then, she meets Casper, and he, and you find out Casper's, like, absolutely heartbreaking backstory, which for, you know, the sensitive among us was, like, total nostalgic balm, yeah. melancholy to the soul. So we were already, like, ready and primed to be sad and feel feelings. And then he was like, you know, I died of the flu and, like, this and that. But he's still, like, a moon-faced little ghost caricature. Mm -hmm. And then, at the end, when fucking Christina Ricci's mom, who comes back as, like, an angel, is also extremely hot. She's literally glowing. Her hair. Glowing. She's got really curly brown hair. She's gorgeous. And then she comes back. Everyone is hot. And then she's like, Casper, you can come back for one night. And then he comes back, and he's extremely hot. Fucking little teenager Devin Sawa. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> and he was only, like, 13 or 14, but, A like, lot. he was truly the hottest 13 or 14-year-old in the universe. Not only because he was really good-looking, but because he came down during the Halloween dance, and he was like, will you be mine? Like, yeah. Or can, can, I, I, can I keep you? Yes. And <laughs> most, like, 13-year-olds... Are just like, hey, Katie, and then just like, like they're just like horrible (laughs) and obnoxious, and any kind of vulnerability is seen as like, uh, as like a horrible, horrible, like taboo. Like you cannot show any vulnerability as like a young teen boy, which must be very stressful. However, as like a very vulnerable young teen girl, there was nothing I wanted more in the entire known universe than. Casper back to life in his body coming down the stairs in my gorgeous giant Halloween party house and in front of all my fucking friends being like, let me keep you. And then we're going to float and dance while I'm wearing my hot mom's, who is also dead, wedding Wedding dress that that she never, (laughs) and then we're going to get married basically, even though you're a ghost. I might rewatch this tonight. I love that movie. so much i had the vhs i played it all the time i the score that plays when he's giving his backstory on how he mm-hmm. died is beautiful oh, the whole God. thing's beautiful the rube goldberg machine of like the dad casper's dad was an inventor and he fitted the house with this insane like chair that yeah. went and like got you ready like it, it back yeah <sighs> I, I never saw this movie. I rented it to many, many people. No one ever came back and told me that their their kid found because it. Because they didn't so want they, to admit also, it. Why would they? Because it's about that? a cartoon ghost. You're not supposed to be turned on by Marmaduke. Like mm-hmm. nobody is gonna <laughs> admit that. Yeah. And also, I just don't see them coming back to you. Yes, and being like, you know what, Rick, at this video store, let me tell you exactly what this movie did to my loins. Let's talk about the experience here. It's not going to happen. So this is fascinating to me. This is something that, like, like uh, peering behind the curtain of a world I didn't know existed. Oh, it exists. And if you want to know, I mean, not in a creepy way, but the awakening movies of uh, girls who were born in the mid-90s, uh, Peter Pan 2003 was also huge. Oh, yeah. Whether that... you wanted Peter Pan or Jason Isaacs's Hook. Captain or... Hook! <laughs> or oh, both. my God. I... Don't think I've ever been more attracted to a human man in my entire I life than poster. Captain Hook in Peter Pan 2003. <laughs> I had a big poster of Captain Hook and Peter Pan in my room. Oh my god. My yeah. sister said she literally could not watch the movie because it hurt her so deeply to see that there was such a beautiful man that she could not date. And of course I watch it now and I'm like, that's a 13 year old boy. And he seems like not very emotionally intelligent. Meanwhile, like Captain Hook, our stalwart, pianist, emotional, 
he's a grown-up, which I now appreciate. <laughs> I don't want a little boy forever. I, don't want, I want the man <laughs> who is in charge of the pirate ship, who has employees. I, 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 want I, love, the, I love that the two of you are peas in a pod, so, so, so fired up in agreement. You, literally and, have no idea we're not peas in a pod we are literally atoms in like the molecules oh, oh. that surround the atmosphere like there are yeah. so many people like us <laughs> and that's that's the beautiful thing about it i yeah. think if we could harness this we could achieve <laughs> world peace <laughs> oh definitely Definitely. It's up to the younger generation to agree (laughs) about who got them all boned up when they were in (laughs) puberty. And if you just contain that energy somehow, we have free. Yeah, we'll all get along. We'll have free electricity. (laughs) This disease will go away and we'll actually be able to go out in a park and like hug somebody again. Well, I think the people that are vulnerable enough to admit who they were really, really attracted to when they were 13, um, especially if it's not just like, you know, Pam Anderson from Baywatch, mm-hmm. or like, oh, actually, it was an animated ghost. Yeah. Like, those people would probably be emotionally, you know, vulnerable and emotionally mature enough to, to do some real good in the world. So, so, yeah. I never imagined that at the start of this, in, in talking about sexy Draculas, we'd end up like veering to sexy Casper and sexy Captain Hook. Well, I think I'm, these are all very to related. Bring it, to bring I'm it back thrilled. to Dracula, I would say Jason Isaac's Captain Hook would be a fantastic Oh my God, don't even like, talk about it. it. That would be so hot. Just make it happen. Oh my God, that would be amazing. I, I, I do know a screenwriter. I don't think he's involved with casting, but you know, I've already <laughs> pitched him another idea that he likes. We'll tell uh, him, hey, go back to 2003 well the man that they (laughs) the man the actor that they cast as the dracula in the netflix version is very much a jason isaacs type he's Mm -hmm. very that's his name right jason isaacs yep okay um he's he's he just is beautiful man (laughs) he's just so beautiful (laughs) i really wish it was a less gross show so i could just relish in that but such is the story of Dracula. That it's just, I just need to rewrite it, or you know, write my own, you know, paranormal I romance. Don't think, I don't we'll think Dracula two thousand is that gross, if I remember correctly. I don't think it's. I think it's there's like only one part that I found uh, gross where the guy uh, from that '70s show got a leech in his eye. <laughs> oh, well, depends on it. which guy on the 70s it, show but i'm was, for it it was danny masterson the one that deserves it the most <laughs> what up motherfucker <laughs> bye yeah, bye <laughs> eyeball um however i mean if we are talking i mean I, it's literally i think every sentence i've started with this has been if we're talking about sexy dragon as if i'm like being having my ear be twisted <laughs> to talk about that i'm like all right all right i'll tell you more <laughs> sure, sure, about yeah, who i'm attracted to if you're out. begging me i will tell you um <laughs> if you think about interview with a vampire mm-hmm. i mean the people who cast that show were like okay who are the two hottest men in hollywood right now not only in desirability in terms of like box office success but in terms of like who are literally the hottest men that we can put in this movie and then they put them both in the movie and then they gave them the most horrible fake teeth and it literally was like their kryptonite of like attractiveness like the whole turn they're just like just a little not hot because their front mouth like can't actually fully close like their mouths can't close and there's something about that where i'm like oh if you had just done a little better but you can tell when tom cruise who i truly feel maybe he wouldn't be upfront about this but i think if you were to like hypnotize him which happens often in his life because he's in a cult where they do that Mm -hmm. uh and were to actually find the true answer to his favorite role he's ever played i think it will be uh lestat the vampire in interview with the vampire because he was he was living his life in a way that he has never been able to do in any other movie that he's Absolutely. ever been in. Well, he, he was, chewed every scene. He was just fantastic. It, he yeah. was. He's got the choppers to chew the scene. He re, he did unfortunately, and he couldn't quite 
close his mouth. There is just a small amount of that, or are you just like, if, what kind of performances could they have given if they could have closed their mouths? I don't know. What Oscars but, could have been won if they really stampy? But he just like he every time he came on stage, there was a flourish of a harpsichord which is incredible. Like, oh my God, what a character. I wrote a college essay about that. Um, I didn't get into that. I got waitlisted. <laughs> well, guess what, DePaul? I'm glad I didn't get into your school because I didn't want, I would still be paying back your loans if I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he, he really relished in that role. It was so flamboyant. It was so homoerotic. Uh, and then also Christian Slater is randomly in that fucking movie. Oh, he's, movie. And he's yeah. so hot in it. He bookends it. They literally were like, okay, what's the three kinds of hot white men that exist in the 90s or that or whatever that movie was made? And they were like, all right, we got Christian Slater, who's like a hot, overworked reporter type. And then we got Brad Pitt, who's like a baby angel. And then who was asking for that baby angels like hot mom who's also tom cruise and those are the three kinds of hot what, what, well you know river phoenix was originally yeah. supposed to play christian slater's role yeah i was gonna say oh. they wanted river phoenix but then he died but, the vampire but a kind yes. of a nice thing though christian slater donated his entire salary from that role to river phoenix's favorite charities oh mm-hmm. that's nice i thought you were gonna say to the club I'm like, oh, no. No love for Antonio But also River Phoenix still has that Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, Antonio. Yes. That was very hot. His hair was also, however, far too long. It was a tragedy. That wig was was a tragedy. So long. He already had long hair. Why didn't they just let him use his hair? It was was already in Zorro like two years later. He had the hair, but they were like, no, let's make him his hair like the Native American uh, American girl doll, all one length, extremely long and black. (laughs) No shape to it. And it's not even braided and cute like Kaya, the American girl doll. Uh, And then he was so pale and I was like, ugh. I do love a Latin man. Don't strip away his beautiful swarthiness. And, but they made him pale as fuck. And then he also had fake teeth. But he also was naked. He got that lady naked on stage. And that was very hot. Because yeah. if he used his own hair, you'd expect him to show up with a guitar case full of guns. Or maybe that's just me. That was before, wasn't it? Yeah. Still. Oh, oh no, I thought Interview expecting. with the Vampire was before. Never mind. And the Desperado reference falls flat with these two. <laughs> I've never no, seen Desperado. I, I've seen Desperado, and it's just not something that's that iconic to me. But it's, <laughs> it's just not my thing. Whoa, shots fired. Well, I know. Desperado. It's just, it's just right. a Maybe. taste thing. It's not my thing. <laughs> Maybe Katie will appreciate some sexy Antonio Banderas with a guitar case full of guns. I don't know. Uh. I'm just falling back into old video store mode of like, okay, you like him in this one? Yeah, check him out. <laughs> check out this Do you want to hear a funny video Always. store story, Rick? Always. So I grew up going to the video to Blockbuster around the corner from my house, you know, my whole life, uh, basically until I went to college or so. And or high school, I think it petered out. And um, there were a bunch of movies where I didn't know what the titles were of them, but I would always just see the the art that they used for the case for the dvd and the art it would always affect me so much that i i started to come up with fake ideas about what the actual movies were so i never and there were always movies where i swear i've like never seen them again they've only existed in video stores like there are certain movies that i'm just like whatever happened to that movie i guess it just blinked out of existence because no one has ever (laughs) talked about it (laughs) because like this movie just is gone but it may just be that they stopped using that you know dvd cover image and just another cover image so I used to think that Silence of the Lamb was about the Silence of the Lambs was about like bees and insects. Like mm-hmm. I re- because the cover has the moth on her mouth, yes. and that's my, that was my only experience or exposure with the movie at all was just the cover that they chose for it so i was like oh my god i'll never watch that movie i don't want to see bees come out of somebody's eyes when i was like 10 years old walking through the blockbuster and now mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite movies ever i was about like, to say have what, anything what, to do with bees what was your reaction <laughs> when you actually watched the film for the first time 
Oh my God. I, it was years ago. So I'm trying to remember what, because I've, I've rewatched it so many times mm-hmm. afterwards, because when I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, fuck yes. And then I was also like, embarrassingly way too attracted to, um, you Multiple know, our, girl. yeah, she's a big old oh. fat lady. Uh, I was way too attracted to him as an actor which really got in the got in the way or increased my experience of enjoying the movie I don't know um and then you posted that image today of him and I was like don't put it in the light like no don't talk about it like we don't have to talk about how hot that man is (laughs) yeah I'd fuck fuck me he had such a low voice Uh. it was insane and then he that actor goes on to be like the detective in psych (laughs) <laughs> he's in a lot of things uh but usually like i remember him mostly in heat uh with like a big mustache he usually would do like a lot of facial hair so he doesn't look like buffalo bill so it'll take me a second or two but now i'm just flashing back to uh the spooky doing show we did with Hooprov, where mm-hmm. i actually ended up doing buffalo bill on stage and doing that weird fully clothed but still weird dance uh of applying lipstick and you know, asking, would you fuck me? I do remember that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually, yeah, I remember. I was like, oh, he's committing. Hannibal Lecter is like, I know that he's, uh, you know, compared to like an alligator or a reptile, but he mm. certainly has like Dracula vibes. Well, talking about Mads Mikkelsen, then. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. Yes, we can talk about Mads Mikkelsen. Yes, we can. It's not exactly (laughs) my taste. He has very pale eyebrows, but yes, I will talk about Mads Mikkelsen. (laughs) We can get him some glossier, get some brows on him. Yeah, it's just those Dutch boys, those Netherlanders. They're Mm. pale, too pale for me. Mm. Um, But Hannibal Lecter, definitely. And especially, like, he also has connections with Italy. Like, he also, like, you know, he goes to Italy. He seems to be the most comfortable in Italy, which feels very uh, uh, vampiric, you know. I associate vampires also with, like, the plague in Italy specifically. Like, is that a thing? Am I free associating? What is... Probably some type of history or there has to be some type of novel out there that probably ties. Yeah, I associate vampires with, like, Renaissance Italy, with the plague, with, like, you know the cask of Amontillado, very sexy, romantic, over the top. Okay, none of those words describe that short story by Edgar Allan Poe, which is about a man being walled in and dying. I would love for anything Edgar Allan Allan Poe writes, it was over the top, sexy, romantic. Yeah, it's like, Imagine that on the back cover. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but it feels, um, I don't know, like, like Mardi Gras in Italy feels like the place where where vampires are about and also because vampires are very like as a metaphor are very attached to the aristocracy because it's like they're sucking the blood of the of the under of the lower classes like they are the most aristocratic monster Mm -hmm. that you can have Dracula's a goddamn count he is, yeah. and he, we never see him have to do any royal duties or interact with any other royal people. I would love to see a period drama where Dracula's performing royal royal duties. Well, I mean, they have to <laughs> be invited to functions or conventions, yeah. not functions or conventions, but maybe a dinner. Like a he has, he has family connections. He mm-hmm. has to, like he's the last descendant of his line. But there's got to be others, you know. But he never drinks wine. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So before we wrap it up, did you watch any other uh, Hammer Horror ones other than the Horror of Dracula? Did you uh, make it to nineteen seventy-two? I didn't. I didn't okay. make it to the seventies. I was. Mm-hmm. I was. I tried to double time with the first Hammer and then the Netflix one, and it grossed me out too much. To you, you needed to put down that Dracula. Minute. Yes, I did. That's fair. <laughs> That's but that, that's the beauty of it. It's there when you're ready. So when yes. you're ready to dive back into Dracula and you know that Christopher Lee is the Dracula for you. Yes. You know, oh. He'll be there eight yeah. feet tall. Mm. And uh, while you're at it, check out The Wicker Man if you haven't. That's yes. Christopher Lee film. I love it so much. Uh, and it's a musical. 
All my favorite things. <laughs> All right. Tell the people where they can find you, Katie. Oh, I have a podcast. I'm the host of the podcast, Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. We tell true ghost stories, which are my favorite thing to talk about, in addition to who I find attractive, which is all I've talked about in this podcast. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Katie Wiggins, K-A-T-Y-W-I-G-G-I-N-S, and I post funny videos, and that's the best way to find me. Mm -hmm. And and when you do the voices in the stories on your podcast, those are my favorite moments. I didn't do too many voices. Do you want to do me? Want me to do one very quick? I welcome you to listen to me on my other podcast because I'm very comfortable. <laughs> Every once in a while, I just remember you being a leprechaun or, or a fairy folk. Like, go on, go on. Uh oh, I. Well, that was from one of the final girl shows. I can't even. I've been Irish in a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Comes up a lot because we talk about the fairy folk and they do crazy things, don't they? they, do. they certainly do. Chelsea, where can people find you other than your apartment? Uh, trying to maintain social distance from everybody. Yeah, don't find me at my apartment unless mm-hmm. you have Taco Bell or pizza. Mm. And then you have to leave it at the door. Um, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just look up Chelsea Bennington and I'm right there. That's the truth. You can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram. Uh, you can go on Facebook for Spooky Doings Improv to find out when we'll actually be getting to do improv. But, you know, I'm just posting podcast stuff and weird uh, plugs for other people, things in the meantime, because Let's share the love. Let's be there for each other while we're all locked down. Mm. So thank you for being on the show again, Katie. We'll, we'll have you back for a future episode for more spooky, sexy things if we find the right time. Oh my gosh. Apparently I've established that as my wheelhouse and I'm not ready to apologize for it. Oh, no, I, I love it. I love <laughs> it. I could go on about uh, women in slasher movies from the 1980s for a very, very long time <laughs> for the same reason, but none of which is pure as the love that you had for Casper. My oh my God, what is purer than the love I yeah, have I for that know. little boy ghost? My He's the friendly ghost. <laughs> it feelings, is Casper the friendly ghost. My feelings for those twins in Friday the 13th part four was not pure at all. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was downright filthy. But Gross. Anyway, uh, yes, uh, so uh, I love you, thank you. I'm glad you're well. I love you, Chelsea. I'm glad you're well. Right. And uh, until next time, Oh, I love you too. Bye. Both of you as well. Bye-bye. Bye.